0: Yeah, we've been having a little something on. Can you hear me? I know you can hear me, but is the mic up and we end up? Sprayed at home but once I hook it up then it decides it's not going to participate it's not playing well with others I might say so excuse me so I may end up having to do this I said, oh, we're going to have to open up a Bible. Right, you're going to have to open up a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles. Over there by the change for change. Over there by the change for change. Does anybody know what the change for change is? So, Miss Kim has been trying to bring change for a month or more. Why do you, why does it matter to you? Some change off the ground, I do it as well. I have a friend of mine I've told you about him. He's a self-made multi millionaire and he'll still bend over and pick up a penny. Right? Like he's not worshiping money, he's just done really well for himself and feels that like God's blessed him and, and he's generous and still humble enough to pick up a penny. I really honestly think that and just what does family look like and how does how does family how does family work We are called to be family. So, in the Old Testament, family was mentioned 48 times, just as family. In the New Testament, it's 18 times, just the word family. But you'll also hear clans and tribes, and so there's different types of things. How many of you guys have heard about the 12 tribes of Israel? Right? And those 12 tribes were 12 families. They were 12 brothers, right, that all took their family and they went out into the lands. A northern group and a southern group. One had 10, one had 2, right? And so family's been kind of this thing from the beginning. We discovered or we talked about last week in Genesis. And God made who? Us. God made Adam and Eve, right? Adam and Eve made Cain and Abel, and God said to Adam and Eve to take the whole world and fill it, right? To fill the world. And then then you get some that want to question well, what about incest? Didn't exist, why not? God create more than just Adam and Eve after Adam and Eve. See, remember, remember what I was talking about, how important it is to read your Bible. And there's some things and there's some questions that, that will stump your brain. And they don't always necessarily make sense until you get into them, until you study, until you start to understand, until you humble yourself. There's a fellow by the name of Robbie Zacharias, that I absolutely love. Once you learn how to listen to him, because he's uh, he's of uh, Indian descent, um, and so he's got a pretty strong, pretty strong accent. But once you get it, you're going to be blessed. He's what's called an apologist. And these guys are those smart, 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 smart what's people. Typical. What's that? Ravi, R-A-V-I, C-A-C-C. H A R I U S. Yep. You just you just type in anything that sounds like Zacharias, and uh, Google will pop you up. Oh yeah. But if you have questions, I mean, like he's just absolutely incredible. My belief, my understanding, my studies would lead me to believe one of two things: God. Hear about the original two, or there really wasn't such a thing. Um, we know from from the from the Christian Bible that it's Adam and Eve. There are there are other things that you'll hear, other things that you'll see around the world, but again, as I go back, I am. Uh, I have to stick to this, right? Because this is the thing that's going to lead me—that's going to lead me down that path, the path that's going to lead me to the knowledge and the wisdom of God to help me to understand those questions. And sometimes there's things that I'm going to have to believe in faith, like where did God come from, right? There's a beginning somewhere. You either believe a couple of rocks came from nowhere and two, two objects that have no intelligence, they came together and created intelligent life forms, or God started. He was from the beginning to the end. Both take a strong measure of faith. God is an intelligent God And thus, it takes intelligence to create intelligence. Right? That's the great question. He was the beginning and the end. Right? So, He is the beginning. Where did God come from? He came from. So, our minds, our finite thinking, struggles to come up with an answer for where did God come from. It's hard for us to say He was the beginning. Right? It's hard. And that takes that measure. Then, how did two rocks create intelligent life form? Both take some Hebrew words, because this is the Old Testament, but this is talking about the many times. So it's family, as it's mentioned in the Bible, so over 24 times, extended family, you see clan, or types, or constituent, So, this is something, this is kind of a deviation tonight. I'm not going to pray before we get started, but if you got your Bible, I really want you to open up your Bible. Who needs a Bible? We've four of them there. And tonight's going to be a little bit different, or it's going to start out a little different. Because I really feel that there's something that God wants us to explore in Psalm 109. One over here. I have, somebody. I have somebody's Bible right here and glasses. I think that's, that's yours? 107, excuse me. Yeah. Okay. I know I put 109 up there Oh 107? Yes. yes, ma'am. 107. I know I put 109 up there of a mistake. Huh? then there's, there's, there's something in this that you and I have got to get a grip on. We've got to understand what's going on here. Because what are you giving away? What are you giving away when you go to the screen? Right, like people just hold stuff against you. How well does that build you up? How well or how long does it take you before you start to think so little of yourself that you're not even going to do anything?
1: Right, not long. And
0: so by the time you're coming of age, maybe what happens when you're 12? I was doing drugs and alcohol at the age of 12 and sexually promiscuous at 12 years old. I look at my daughter who's 14 years old. And it breaks my heart to think that my childhood was stolen from me. The beautiful times in my life were stolen by the enemy. And I did what I had to do or what I felt I had to do to try and feel love from somewhere. Never filling the gaps. Never doing the things that it was supposed to do. And so I get into something like this today. And God just wrecks my heart as I'm sitting on my couch studying for tonight. And I feel something in me that if this is all the farther we get tonight, I'm okay with this. This is a pretty long psalm, but I want you, to, I'm not going to have the whole thing on the screen. I'm going to read most of it. But it says, Oh give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. So you're talking to somebody who's struggling through life, and you're trying to share something for, so that maybe bring a little bit of peace or a little bit of hope to them. What do you got to give them? What about coming to a point of understanding the redeeming love of the Father? His heart so deep and so pure that He's redeeming it. And I think one of the things that He wanted to show us in this thing, in this psalm, is the number of times just in this psalm alone that He forgives the nation of Israel. His chosen people, right? His chosen people kept, doing stuff to to walk away from God. You see, so now if you start thinking about what's driving so many people to drugs, to alcohol, to sexual promiscuity, the things that are ripping apart the very fabric of family, right? We've got kids dying in this town every week, and whether they're 60 or 16, I don't care. Their lives matter. They matter. You matter. And if we don't start understanding that we're family and understanding the value and the quality and the amazing love of God, His redeeming grace and love, then what are we going to give anybody? It'll be a crapshoot at best that you've got anything worth giving to anybody. And then you're stuck back there. And who wants to go back to where you came from?
1: Well, like, I got
0: got my hands to the plow and going this way. I remember my past, but I'm going this way. Right? Half of the problem when people don't understand the love of God is they're constantly looking back. They've got a demon chasing them all the way down the path of life. And they don't ever get to the point of understanding that they could be set free from it. So we, we, those who call on the name of Jesus Christ as Savior, need to get to a point where we understand the redeeming love of the Father. We have to understand that when we receive Christ as our Savior, we receive the righteousness of Christ. That means that we are seen spotless and perfect eyes of the Father, which is hard, which is hard if you don't understand the redeeming grace of God. So He gives us the Word. He gives us the Word that fills our hearts and we walk in faith, right? Because if you don't have faith in something that builds up something that, that loves you, someone who loves you so much, then what do you have faith in? Right? Like the enemy comes around, steal, cheat, and destroy, and that's what he's doing. And right. when we're walking around and we're utilizing these things, these tools of the enemy, we're hopeless. Yeah. Are you sure it's on 109? No, it's 107. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm sorry. Um, so it's Important for us to get to this point, right? Because if you don't understand, then somebody could tell you that you're no different than you were before. You're no better than you were before. You're still everything that you've ever been. But does not the Word tell us that we are risen? We studied it last week that we are risen. with him in baptism, amen? And these are the things that we, that we, you and I, if we're going to help our brothers and sisters, if we're going to help people out, we're going to have to be able to speak the love of Christ to those who so desperately need it as we were once, right? And it's hard though, but here we go. So he says, And gathered from the land So he said let the redeemed of the Lord say so Whom he has redeemed from trouble Let's keep going Start at verse 4 Some wandered in desert wastes Finding no way to a city to dwell in Hungry and thirsty Their soul fainted within them Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble And he delivered them from their distress He led them by a straight way till they reach reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. How many have been touched by the love of God and it fills something you don't even know how? It's But like this feeling has come over you at some point in time and it's like,
1: my gosh,
0: and it And you don't get it anymore, Satan. You have power and authority to give the work of the enemy. Because God dwells in you. Right? And so it's something that creates a change inside the heart of the believer. But we get to give it away. My challenge still stands for anybody for the next week. Give it all away. Give everything that God has given you. Give it away. And tell me that you're empty next week. you're not wandering in a desert of dry waste. Right? Because doesn't Psalm 23 say that God calls me and takes me to a green pasture? To lie down in a green pasture. Right? That's not not a psalm of a funeral. That's a psalm of life. In the desert, And there's green lush grass next to the river of life. You see, God calls us to that. But we and teaching and loving in peace, what are we doing? It becomes just like the unchurched would say that the church is nothing but a bunch of hypocrites. But we have to learn that we're family and we need to learn to look at one another through the eyes of the Father. Right? How does God see our brothers and sisters who are hurting? How does God see them? as a mess, as jerks, as pieces of trash, unworthy or does God see them as his chosen as his beloved kids worthy of the blood of Jesus Christ and it's hard when the world has stopped a mud hole to believe but if we can start to see the changes that God is making in us and start giving that away, we really do have a chance to change portage. Right? We don't have to be a hub for sex trafficking. We don't have to be a hub for drug trafficking. We don't have to be a hub for the, the hopeless we can actually preach and teach and love and encourage and hopefully with God's help we can help those who are struggling because I can't stand one more debt Take the time to take the time to hang out with anybody who's rough. Yeah, who's rough and tumble, who the world would look at and say, "Man, you are nothing." And you see something so deep in their heart, so so incredible that they don't see. See, that's the Father's eyes that He's giving you the ability to look into somebody who needs. we need to resist all that temptation to judge and to look horribly at people and start seeing them with our father's eyes like many of us weren't brought up the right way we don't know what the love of a father a good father is we don't know what the lessons of a good father are so how do we give it away how do we walk that out how do we walk out what we don't know But here we go, we have a Bible, and God's love is spoken in the words. And so going on, verse 10, some sat in the darkness and in the shadow of death. Anybody in here been there? Some sat in the darkness and the shadow of death, prisoners in afflictions and in irons. For they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with with none to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of the darkness and the shadow of death and burst their hands, their bonds, apart. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love from his wondrous works to the children of man. For he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts into the bars of iron. How many times have you thought God's not going to forgive me this time? How many times have you got to the point in your life where it's like, God, there's no way you're going to, i messed it up this time. I'm, I'm unforgivable. And you have faith and get to that point. Can you imagine not having faith? You remember what it was like before you had faith and the value that you felt about yourself. How many times you beat yourself up and how many times... You just wished to a God you didn't believe in that you would be dead and gone. Because the days were not that long ago for many of us. And the days are present for many people. They're locked up in shackles and chains from not following spoken to them they didn't hear, they didn't turn their ear to hear the Father because hopelessness destroys your hearing hopelessness destroys your vision and if you can't hear God for yourself and nobody is bringing the word of God to you where does that leave you? Matthew 28, 19 and 20 says what? Go forth and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. How are we doing? You see, when you ask a pastor, I hope and pray that he tells you how important this word is. That this word, you can rest on this word. This word will be your guide. This this Word will point you to the truth and point you to action so that your life will be flipped upside down, spun around and backwards from the way you were going before you knew God. Amen? Amen? How important is that? How important is it to actually live out what God is calling us to? You think before you knew God's Word that life could be this if you got to there? was from here wherever that was whatever dream you had up here if you worked hard enough you could get there but then you get there and then what do you got once upon a day a bachelor's degree to land you a job worth whatever you would set you would set your course and you had to get a bachelor's degree and that was going to be the thing that got you where you are and you know how many people are out of work that have a bachelor's degree Final master's degree. You know what good my master's degree is outside of the church? Nothing. Huh? I worked hard. But do you know how valuable this word is in my life? Priceless. Absolutely priceless. Absolutely transformed every fiber of my being. And it still does to this day. That's how good my dad is. That's how good Pops is. That he would write a book that's living and breathing that speaks to me differently every time I read it. It would draw something out of my heart and fill me up to the point of believing that I can actually do something worthy of the kingdom of God. Amen? Because that's the truth. That's the gospel. That's the love of the Father. He is ridiculously good. Seventeen. Some were fools through their sinful ways. Ringing any bells? And because of their iniquities, suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He sent out His word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. And let them offer sacrifices and thanksgiving and tell of his deeds in songs of joy. What does iniquities mean? Iniquities, your the hope that dwells inside of us versus holding on to the struggles that we're having and letting that lead the way. So when the neighbor comes by, we say, how are you? Or they say, how are you? And you just keep walking. Right? Like, I got something to say. Boy, is that hard to say, Mike, without going into that song? It's not a burnout. Right? Like, <laughs> Each of us, with God in our hearts, has something to say. Amen? Like each of you has something to say. You have something to give away. You have a love and a truth and a hope to give away. So why are we not singing songs of joy? Why can Paul say, Count it all as joy, and yet we stub our toe and we start cursing? What Jesus is the world seeing through you. If you were the only sign of Jesus Christ that the world ever saw, would they know him? Would they know him? But Pastor, I'm not as good as Jesus. Oh no. We're not, we struggle. But there has to be something in us that light. That light, that hope even if I'm messing it up, the hope that I can do better. The hope that my ears are going to be tuned, I'm going to hear. Why is it so important that in the Word we hear about Jesus healing the deaf? Why is it so important that we hear about the mute, the blind? Why is that important? Why is it important that He would pick Nothing's a communication to heal. We hear about lame, paralyzed, sick, but we hear about the mute will speak, the deaf will hear, and the blind will see. And it actually says that the said to the apostles. We're going to lay hands on the sick and they will be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. The same power and authority that was given to Jesus is given to us. And yet we walk around as though we don't believe it. Because we've prayed for somebody for years and they haven't been healed. Does that mean that God doesn't heal? Does that mean that you're not forgiven? Them? Does that mean that you're not a good enough Christian? Those of you who are shaking your head know you're right. We've talked about it. I've seen some amazing miracles. Amazing Incredible miracles. I've seen, I've prayed, I've laid hands on people and seen legs grow an inch. Stage four praying. in our lungs would fill up and then it would fill into our blood and go through all the corpuscles and all the veins and all the stuff create all the things that it needs to create for our bodies to function the way that they function. If you don't think God is a miracle worker, then look at yourself. Because you need to start looking in the mirror and you need to start seeing that you are a miracle. That you are a blessing. That you are a beautiful and loving child of left. The sore back stopped you. 23. Some went down to the sea in ships doing business on the great waters. They They saw the deeds of the Lord. His wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy wind Which lifted up the waves of the sea, they mounted up to the heaven, they went down to the depths, their courage melted away in their evil plight, they reeled and staggered like drunken men, and were at their wits end, then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress, he made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed, then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and they brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Let them extol him, the congregation of the people, and praise him in the assembly of the elders. now you read Psalm 107. Was Jesus the first one to stop the water? Sounds as though stuff had been happening before Jesus. Desert springs of water. Humble in spirit? Are we humble? Are we hungry? Are we seeking God? Does our heart long for God? Do we meet with Him? Came before that sermon, and yet here are the words. Who came to God? Because it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to go to heaven. Because if you don't need God, then why would God do what he does? Right? humble yourself to receive God in your heart. Because it's more than lip service that saves the soul. It's the heart that is transformed, that actually loves God, that hungers and thirsts for God, that cries out, God, save me! If you don't get to the point of hunger and thirst, If you don't get to the point of humility, what are you doing? You're doing it on your own. And if you're doing it on your own, then did Jesus need to die on a cross? And if Jesus didn't need to die on a cross, then why are we reading this thing? Why don't we just throw it out and we'll all just have a party about our own righteousness and our own uncanny ability to do everything that we can do? At some point in time, the Word of God transforms the heart of man a heart that longs and desires and thirsts for God. When they are diminished and brought low through oppression, evil, and sorrow, he pours contempt on princes and makes them wander in trackless wastes. But he raises up the needy out of affliction and makes their families like flocks. The upright see it and are glad, and all wickedness shuts its mouth. Whoever is wise, let them attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. Why did God want to talk about Psalm 107 tonight? You see, because. It's the family of God that is going to start. We're going to work together. We're going to love one another. We're going to take advantage of the times that we have together. We're going to grow up close. We're going to wrap around God. We're going to learn how to build up and encourage so that as we walk in the streets, we're built up and encouraged to be the mouthpiece, the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ because we have a mission to do. To make disciples every nation, to baptize, to lay hands on the sick. Because there's a lot of people hurting in the world, a lot of people who are looking for a family, a lot of people who are looking for hope. And right now the church in Western America is more concerned about putting butts in the pews than putting the hearts in the kingdom of God. So we can't work together, we've got to work against each other, and we talk poorly about each other because your theology is different than mine. You did this wrong. So you're wrong. If you're following the word of God, Don't, you care, right? don't- Pastor, this is hard for me to understand. Can you help? Absolutely, I get it. I know it's hard. Pastor, I never wanted to be like that. I know. I don't either. yet I fall. You see, because I need you guys to hold me up as I hold you up. We are a family. We are brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. And we need one another. And it's hard. It's really, really hard. Because now I'm going to let my emotions overtake the, my faith in Jesus Christ and I'm going to get PO'd at you and I'm going to slam you I'm going to tell you you ain't enough you didn't do it for me this time so get out of my life what is that? that's emotion, that's scar tissue that's pain that God wants to take from you He wants you. to, he wants to take that away from you I've told you enough about my marriage already and how I failed daily the gift that God gave me and yet sometimes she'll say something and it's just like... It <laughs> hits me sideways right upside my big old head oh, go. right like, do oh god. god, for the love of Peter Joseph and Mary did you mean to say that she's like no I didn't this is what I was telling you you see but if I'm not going to humble myself I'm not going to continue to grow as a husband I'm not going to continue to grow as a father I'm not going to continue to grow as a pastor it's the humble heart that will receive the rebuke of Jesus Christ. He, he will receive the Word of God. Right? Because the Word of God is a hard pill to swallow sometimes. Because some of the things that He tells me are bad or some of the things that I major in. I'm really good at them. I can unintentionally gossip with the absolute best of them. I'm just just talking about my brother and sister. Hell, they're not in the room. I was just seeking advice. From who? And why? Right? Like it's time that we look, and it's time that we see, and it's time that we receive the beautiful message of God the Father and repent for the things we've done to turn from our wicked ways and to follow the path of Jesus Christ to love one another to pick one another up to just take it easy sometimes allow me to be the first one in this room to raise my hand and say that I am not perfect I am not perfect and I need help I need help I need my brothers and sisters to walk with a little bit of grace for me. Because I'm not the perfect pastor. I'm probably not even the best one in town. You guys might have all drawn the short straw. I don't know. Perhaps. Maybe it stumbled in here. I, maybe it stumbled in here. Maybe it was faith. I don't know. But I'm not perfect is what I'm saying. And I'm going to come up short. Don't put me on a pedestal because I'm going to fall off, and I'm getting the age where I'm going to break a (laughs) hip. we are in the family of God when we actually love one another. If you want some help, ask. How many of you guys see somebody needs help Give us give us the heart and the ability to listen. So Father God, I pray, I pray for a soft landing, I pray for for a soft dimension and a soft move of our hearts, Lord God, that it would be just enough to move us into transformation. That it would be just enough to move us into a beautiful, brighter tomorrow. Lord God, I pray a blessing over everyone here who's hurting tonight, everybody who's watching who's worshiping from home, We just cast it out over the web, Lord God, with you, yeah. and you would go there as well, And, uh, and then you would shower. Before we all skedaddle tomorrow is King's Table. So we need sign-ups. We also, Wednesday night, we have a church-wide meeting at 6 o'clock upstairs. If you've attended tonight, you're welcome. We do things a little different here.